Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. We are live at the Axos Advisor Service Conference, Focus on the Future in Denver, Colorado. We're here with Julie Littlechild, who's the founder and CEO of Absolute Engagement. Her firm helps advisors transform the way they engage with clients and prospects. We've had Julie on before, where she talked about Absolute Engagement, so please check back for that one. We'll put it in the notes. But I wanted to use her return visit to ask her an array of industry questions as she certainly understands what's going on out there. And I wanted her opinions. Welcome, Julie. Thanks so much. Really looking forward to this. First one. All right. Is the industry focused on the right things, which in my opinion would be the end investor, or is it too interested in multiples and profits and making money? Uh, All right. Leading question. Um, I'm not going to say it's too focused. <laughs> I would say that we need a greater focus on the client. And I, I think we're seeing uh, movement in that direction. Uh, you know, we're seeing new technology. We're seeing a focus on client experience and client engagement and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I, I, I see where the question comes from because we do get drawn back into the idea that it is a business. It does have to be profitable. I just happen to believe that those two things aren't in conflict, that there is a, a true return on driving client engagement, that we see that in share of wallet, in loyalty, in, in a whole range of things. So there's evidence that if we put our efforts there, we actually do generate more profit. So, so maybe what we need to do as an industry is just think about how those things come together a little more effectively. Great. In the category of what's old is new again, Mm -hmm. I hear the whole word holistic again and again. Why is this suddenly new? (laughs) Well, it's not new. It's new for some. And and I I suppose the, the, I mean, the, the great thing about holistic is we do see evidence that there's a connection between engagement and a more holistic offer. We've always seen that. Uh, now, that can be manifested in different ways, but really what it means from a client perspective is that when their advisor understands them at a deeper level, understands their life and their family and their needs and their concerns, that they can drive engagement. Um, the downside, I think, is that we're seeing it as a marketing message sometimes more than an actual service that's being provided. So I think we've got some work to do in terms of defining what that really is and, and truly delivering on it. Another buzzword that I'm hearing this year is personalization. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that always have been important? And why are people talking so much about it? Well, I talk a lot about personalization as well, and in, in particular around the fact that technology has allowed us to personalize to a greater extent. So we've always been able to personalize advice, The idea that advice was not personalized in some way would be horrific to think about, really. But where we're seeing a lot of advancements, I think, in personalization 
is in the ability to deliver communications that are personalized to clients' needs and interests. We're able to um, be more efficient than we have in the past in, in delivering a more personalized experience. That's where we tend to see some of the biggest shifts. There's a big run to join the bigger firms. You were just at a conference that talked all about that. <clears throat> but we're seeing advisors leaving those firms to becoming independent again, smaller firms. Is this a new trend, or are you seeing the same thing? Well, I mean, we've certainly seen a shift from the larger firms for, for quite some time. I'm seeing also from time to sh time... Uh, it, well, let me step back. I mean, what we've seen is a shift from the wirehouses and whatnot. Um, that's been ongoing for some time. But of late, I've talked to a couple of firms who have shifted from larger RIAs to just go out on their own. So to me, that's a whole different level of transitioning. It's not a transition to independence. It's a transition to a smaller firm where perhaps they have a bit more control. So you know, I, I think there's benefits to scale, and and so somewhere in there, there's a fine line between, am I, you know, am I going out on my own, but I lose the ability to actually service my clients in the way that I want to. Um, so I, I don't know if it's new, but we're certainly seeing it in different ways right now. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking about the advisor who was running his firm or yeah. her firm, and going to a bigger firm, mm. and going like, oh, you know what, I'm not the boss anymore and they're there for a while, and then they're jetting back out to run their own firms again. Right, yeah, and, and that makes a lot of sense. I think that the idea of landing at a larger firm carries with it some, some things that they may not have expected. And it's, this is such an entrepreneurial industry at its core, and find me an entrepreneur who can be told what to do, <laughs> and I'll be... <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm one of them. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge in mindset. It's, I mean, we need to, in fairness, I think entrepreneurs are, are also challenged by the fact that as they grow those smaller businesses into larger businesses of their own, they have to play a very different role and they can't control everything. So we're, you're kind of faced with that decision again once you actually succeed. Talk to me about fintech and the technology landscape and what these firms are doing. Michael Kittness just published his recent eye chart mm -hmm. on, on all these firms. Mm -hmm. Can you help me sift through it all, what the moving parts are, acquisitions, different combinations, tech stacks? What's an advisor to do? Oh, I know. It's, it's a chart, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the two trends that I've been focused on the most, and I don't claim to be an expert on all of these things, is, is certainly the consolidation that you mentioned. So without a doubt, there are firms that are making a play to being that single source for advisors and trying to tackle the integration challenges and the data challenges by buying up different technologies and, and trying to stream like that. Because there is so much inefficiency, so many missed opportunities by not doing that. The other trend that's really certainly captured our attention, and, and in fairness, it's because it's a space that we're in or moving into, is the advice engagement, which is a new category on the map. It, it emerged over the last couple of years, and it's an interesting one to me because back to the question of is the client at the center, this is all about technologies that are helping advisors deliver better advice, have better conversations, deliver more meaningful communications. So 
I'm really interested in what's happening in that particular space. And I think technology companies need to do a better job of talking about what they do and how they help. I was just at Future Proof and I saw 10 demos and the 10 demos were not that great. Mm. Five minutes of what they do, who they are, why they, what they do and why they matter to advisors. So I think they need to nail that better. That's a really good point. I've, I think, you know, I'm a, not a very good marketer, but a, maybe more of a marketer at heart. So we think a lot about how do we actually explain the value. And I get it's hard. It's hard for advisors. It's hard for fintech firms. But I've had that same experience where I've gone to a site, I've spent time, and then I've said, I actually still don't know what they do. And, I mean, nobody wants to hear that. We're, we're overcomplicating so much of this. So I'm hoping that increasingly fin fintechs can get back to the idea of just, like, like you said, what value are we delivering to the advisor and to the client, and, and what's that going to mean? It's the who you are, what you do, and why you matter. Exactly. I mean, it goes always goes back to that statement. If you can't deliver that one sentence, <laughs> you've got problems. And uh, I tend towards simplicity. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but if I don't get it quickly, that's a red flag for me. Conferences are back in a big way. They are. You are on a plane a week. <laughs> are advisors excited about it? I'm seeing a lot of excitement from advisors, actually. The ones that come love it, right? I, I'm still seeing a lot of advisors who want the option for virtual access. I'm still talking to a lot of people. I've had so many conversations over the last month about how we feel about not just the travel, but being in groups of people, right? It's, it's a very different thing. So I've absolutely talked to advisors who just have missed this kind of connection and conversation, but I still think we're on the fence. There's still a lot who aren't showing up right now. Each advisor is a snowflake. You know that. They're all different and build their business in their way, and which benefits their segments specifically. So why are we and they all fascinated by research? It's... I, you know, we do a lot of research. You do, you do, and it's it's great, great stuff, and we're all Thank fascinated you. with it. And what's interesting about it is, I think it it's helpful in that it provides generalized context and direction. So it gives advisors an ability to to compare and contrast, perhaps where they are. But at the end of the day, averages mean almost nothing. Um, the only thing that matters truly is what one's clients thinks is important. And so uh, as much as I love research, I, I do sometimes wonder if people rely on it too much. It's a benchmark. Yeah. Nobody walks into your office with a sign that says, I'm the average client, therefore you know everything about me because you just read a report, right? I'm different. And so it's, it's a good starting point. I think it's intellectually interesting. I think it helps us spot trends that are emerging I think it helps us know when trends are ending. Just gives us a, a, a vision or a view into the client mindset. But we cannot rely on benchmarking data to, to, to run a business. The, the only thing we can rely on is data from our own clients. It's the only thing that really makes sense. Are you seeing a difference between the advisors who are graying out and that whole set is leaving and the average age of future proof was under 30. What's the big switch in the advisor 
from what's leaving to what's coming in? The, it's a, there's a huge switch, and you can see the same with clients, right? I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated right now with demographic shifts. We've all, we always should have been, but it almost feels as if we've hit this point where, as an advisor, you can no longer deny that you have to work with client, younger clients. I mean, it's happening. As, and, and we're seeing this groundswell of younger advisors, hopefully, coming into the, to the industry, but they're different. And I think conferences like Future Proof um, is a really great reflection of the fact that younger advisors think differently and younger clients think differently. They're tech forward, they do things in different ways, they have different conversations. All of this is so critical to this industry and I feel like we've left it behind. We haven't talked enough about what all this means. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about seeing these different kinds of conversations happening. And I, and I hope advisors who are aging, and I'll put myself in that category as well, um, recognize that they can no longer say, we don't need to think about this as a trend. They absolutely need to be thinking about who they're hiring, how they're serving clients, if they're segmenting their experience based on age, they're going to be dinosaurs if they're not. They just cannot leave it alone anymore. On the other side of the new is the influencers that are gaining so many followers and so big voices. And I worry about, are they delivering the value and the advice in a way that's helping the end investor? So that's, that's my thing. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, there's a group of, of influencers, you're right, who, where it's just about marketing and media. And we've seen, I mean, frankly, we've seen this kind of individual for many years. They've just delivered their message in different ways. It's not a substitute for great advice. It's not a, it's not a substitute uh, for anything. It's, it's really just a way to bring people in the door. I, I hope that they and others are still de delivering the quality of advice that clients need. Okay, this has been great, but I'll get you out of here with this. With everything you're seeing, all the research you've done this year, what's going to be buzzworthy next year? I, what, what, I th think, what I think is going to be buzzworthy is the things that we're focusing on for obvious reasons. I mean, we're, we're focusing on them for a reason. <laughs> um, and we focus very much on client experience, obviously. So... What we're really looking at, what I think we need to talk about more, is the idea that a client experience needs to be truly responsive to what clients are feeling in the moment. So when we talk about client experience, it's all been very much around expectations. How often do people want to meet? Do they want Zoom or in person? Do they want, you know, and that's all lovely and it drives satisfaction. But I think where we need to go is, is how do we gain a deeper understanding of how clients are feeling and how do we support them? And how does the, the client experience use things like personalization to support them differently? So, for example, we think a lot about client self-confidence. It's an index that we've been tracking. We see a connection between confidence and satisfaction and loyalty. So how, as an industry, can we help clients feel more confident in their financial future? Because I can assure you, many are not. That's great. <clears throat> That's great. Um, you can, I can, we, we can all see why you're on a plane every week talking at conferences <laughs> because um, this has been fabulous. 
Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. To learn more about Absolute Engagement, visit absoluteengagement.com. Please follow us for all the latest updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.